spoken me. I went to sleep that night without knowing that it would be the last night I ever spent in that bed at my parents' house in London. Meredith, my mum shook me awake. The room was dark, making it obvious it wasn't morning yet, or not time to get up for school anyway. Mum, I mumbled in my half-asleep state. It's time to go. Everything I told you about those stories is true. It's time for you to leave us so you can train to be a protector. Your dad and I, we've done everything we possibly can to prepare you. First Charge is the first book in the Destiny Initiative series by Amanda Steele. The book can be purchased in paperback from Amazon. The e-book can also be purchased on Kindle, Kobo, Apple Books and many others. Spoken Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and as of recording has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube and literally 10 or 11 other networks, the full archive can be found at Spoken Label, all one word, spokenlabel.bandcamp.com. On Bandcamp, it is set as pay what you want. So you are entitled, if you wish, you can download it or stream it for nothing. But if you're going to throw me a couple of pennies my way, it is always a term they're grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running costs for this podcast. Enjoy. Spotlight. Hi guys, Andy Ed. Back in the house, back on Zoom. And well, of course, sat in my living room today and I've got a poet with me, of course. Lady, quite a chatty lady as well, so I'm going to let her introduce herself and we'll just take it from there. Kesabel, would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell them Hello, I'm Kesabel. <laughs> Hi, Andy. <laughs> Hi, all. Um, yes, I'm Kesabel. I'm from Kettering. I'm a performance poet and also run Weaving Words um, creative writing workshops. Yeah, you're, you've had a quite an interesting life, really, because uh, I noticed looking at your bio before, so you were born originally in, in you pronounce, yeah, I can't get that pronunciation right, a city in Libya in the 1960s, weren't you, originally? That's right, yeah, Tripoli in Libya. Uh, my dad was military police, and it was King Idris then, uh, but then we had to get out, I, I think like we came back to England, I say back, it would be my first experience, and when I was about three years old, and it was when Gaddafi came in, and at that point he was the goodie, he was coming in like, you will have water, you will have food, and and he did some good stuff, and then it all went a bit despotic. But, you went a bit um, crazy after yeah. that, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> indeed. Have you been back to Libya then as a child? Have you then? I haven't, no, and I would love to. I would love to. My mum used to say that I used to crawl into the sea. She'd pull me out, and I'd crawl back in again. So I think I've always been a bit of a mermaid, but I haven't actually been back to Tripoli now. Oh, but, um, now, as soon as you've got an interesting story, because obviously I can see from your bio, you were raised by your mum, weren't you, in a flat above? One of the first independent fashion boutiques. Yes, it was Honey called Spot Honey Catherine. Spot Boutique. Yeah. yeah, Honey Spot Boutique. And every Thursday she would um, go down to London and get all the Bieber and all the, you know, um, the beautiful clothes in the 70s. Oh, and wow. I was a painfully shy little girl, actually, believe it or not. Now I'm a big show off Leo. <laughs> but, but at the time I was you know, very, very shy. And... Um, we started with in this independent boutique that she had that became chums then because we had a men's department as well we would do fashion shows and things so at age 14 and 15 i would be strutting the catwalk 
with all the other women that were like in their 20s. And wow. so I gained my confidence then. And, and I think that was the beginning of realizing that you can have that elated feeling, that lifted feeling without any drink, drugs and all that. Because when you came off stage or you'd done the dance or whatever it was, you know, modeling those clothes, you would come off and feel high as a kite. And we, I remember we, we went to a nightclub dancing afterwards and I was 15. All the others were in their 20s, but they snuck me in. And my mum came as well. <laughs> and this guy came up to me and he said, I want what you're on. And I said, I'm not on anything. <laughs> you just have to life. Yeah, yeah, it's high on life. And literally, I think that was the beginning of realising that there's so much, you know, in nature, in sunsets, in, in life that we can be grateful for and, you know, enjoy. Yeah. Now, obviously, I can see already that you're... You see, your love of poetry started at a very early age, didn't it? Like, it was yeah. like, and I love the comment I've seen from reading up with you before when you did your first poem at 12 and what your teacher wrote underneath it. I, thought, oh, I know. I'll if let you tell you people knew. that because it's a great line. <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, you'll see on my YouTube actually, I, I, I spoke about this. And um, yes, I wrote a poem when I was 12 and a half. And the teacher put A plus and you're thinking like, yes, A plus. But then she scrubbed out the A plus and put underneath, is this all your own work? And you know what? I didn't write another poem for over 30 years. Oh, wow. And so I do say to people, and when I do my workshops in mental health wards, I'll say, words are powerful. Be careful how you use them. She could oh, have yeah. uplifted me. She could have encouraged me. But I, I literally, my first poem I wrote in my mid forties and I hid it. And oh, that's wow. in my latest book. It's in my latest oh, book wow. now. It's wow. called Complicated Love, The Hidden Poem. What and, made you um, want to hide that first poem then? When you wrote it because in your it was so revealing. It was just like, what is going on? And I don't know what to do. And uh, there was wobbles in my marriage. There was stuff going on. And I was thinking, oh, what do I do? Where do I turn? And I wrote, that's when I wrote it, Complicated Love. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. And I hid it. And yeah, I can't get you. I get you completely. Then obviously, like, we're not going to talk about your, your first stuff because I guess that's actually what it is, your business. But obviously, I know your life changed over time, didn't it? And then yes. your, your first book came out, didn't it? Not too long later. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. Well, it, I was scribbling down all these poems and I was sharing them with my friend. And she would laugh and she would cry and she would say, oh, my goodness, that's a bit saucy. And we would have a right old giggle. And um, that's all I was really showing it to them to. Um, but it was helping me to work stuff out and get through things. Yeah, and, of course. Um, yeah, she was a belly dancer and they had this show, Belly Dancing and Burlesque. And they needed someone to read poems to give them time to change, a break. So my first performance ever was in front of 100 people in a little playhouse theatre in the Thompson. Um, with the in between the belly dancers and burlesque, and my right leg shook. I stood up, oh, but it did. <laughs> I could only see the front row, fortunately, but my right leg shook. Wow, <laughs> wow, that's that's one way, that's one way of getting ready to get on stage. <laughs> I know, oh, and everybody God. came afterwards and said, We love your poems, have you got a book? And I said, No, and that year, um, I did lots of open mics and sort of learned my trade really, slow down. Um, oh, that goes down well, do it in that order, just lots of learning. And um, the year later, she, I got invited back to 
perform at the, between burlesque and belly dancing uh, two nights on the trot and they paid me but this time I went with a book so I put all my books in uh, all my poems in a book called truly me and that was the beginning brilliant and that was uh, 12 years ago yeah Wow. Now, I'm just love the title of your second book, obviously, because we're going to ask you about these now. <laughs> I'm going to let you say that, because I'm going to... I'm going to it's me dyslexic, this practical I am. I try to pronounce the title of your second book. I'm going to stumble on that. Don't you mean you're dyslexic? Dyslexic, yeah. Or do, it could be just on daft, right? But I'll, I'll, I'll let you say so, it. The second book I called Kez of Glory with Extra Sauce. Now, where did so, that title a Mickey from, take right? on Nick of Bucket. Nick of Bucket Glory. <laughs> but the idea being that people see this confident, outgoing woman on stage, usually in a tutu and wing. Yes, they see, but they don't see all the other layers underneath the shyness, the insecurities, the, you know, those layers of the Nick of Bucket Glory. And um, so there's a, there is a poem called Kedwatha Glory in the book. Um, and it was at a time when the kids were a little older. Um, I'd split up with my ex-husband. I was single and I was free to write whatever I wanted. So Kedwatha Glory with extra source has four poems in the middle of it that are a little bit naughty. And um, I said to the printers, the uh, publishers, I said, can you put those four naughty poems in the middle so if the little old lady at church says, can I have your second book? I can yank those out the middle and give her the book, but without <laughs> the naughty <laughs> poems in. <clears throat> Best way. Best so. way. <laughs> wow. No, that's, that's what happened. Brilliant. And I keep selling out of them. I have to get reprints and reprints, and uh, they're sold out at the moment. But, uh. Well, that's good going, that really, isn't it? If you keep, you keep doing reprints of it. And I know, obviously, I know. You've, done, you've done more books beyond that as well, haven't you? So. Mm. I know your third one was All the Loves, wasn't it, a few years after that? All the Loves, yes. And I came up with that title on one of the very first creative writing workshops I went to in Catalonia. And um, I was going to call it The Good, the Bad and the Troubly. And she says, this, one, this uh, writer, very established writer, actually, said to me, mm, not sure about that. She said, what's it all about? And I said, well, it's all about love, really. And she said, that's what it needs to be called then, All the Loves. Because it's the love of your teenagers, even though sometimes you don't like them. It's self-love. It's God's love. It's uh, falling in love or lust or, you know, it's all the loves. And that's what it's about. Did you find, and obviously, because I will talk about you, I know you've done, a, you've done two more books since then as well. Mm. Did you find that obviously when you've done that amount of books, did you find your approach to your books was changing, where you were structuring the books and everyone was coming together? Um, a little, because when I write, I never write thinking who's going to read this and where's it going to end up, because I think that can restrict your writing. I just write. That's you know, right. Like just, yeah, I think so. Being true. When people try to be all highfalutin and, the, you know, meandering meadow over a summer's breeze, you know, actually from the heart, from the heart. And, you know, some of my poems rhyme, some of them don't. Some of them are deep. Some of them are um, a little political. Some of them are saucy, whatever. But whatever's going on, just be real. Just be real, I think. Um, so I think the only thing that would probably change in structure, the fourth book, when you say yes, 
are starting to get a lot of attention and selling more books and doing more performances, more festivals. And there, was, uh, there wasn't a naughty poem in, in this book. And all the others had some little naughtiness in there. And I'm Ooh. not saying there isn't, there isn't any, you know, it just, and the only conscious decision I had was pulling out the tiniest poem that was beyond a point. And I, that's the only conscious decision I made was to pull that poem because it wasn't particularly a strong poem. It wasn't going to move mountains and actually it might restrict the sale of the book. So that was the first time I made wow. that conscious decision. Yeah. Wow. But Shows it, you. It was, a, it was a very rude poem, really. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and, and that would cost, um, and not I don't just mean financially, because actually my feeling is that when people buy my books, that they feel blessed by them. You know, it's not just about the book. I want that. I want it to change their life in some way, even if they. I, I did a performance once, and this lady said, "Thank you so much. I haven't laughed in months, and you made me laugh." And she was struggling. And Great. so, you know. And then I've also had couples come up saying, "You've made us feel extremely horny, and we're off to sort that out." So, <laughs> so, so you, you just don't know how you're going to touch people. No, you don't. You never. You never know with people. So. <laughs> I know you completely. Now, obviously, I want to ask you next, and obviously, like, I know, obviously, after your fourth book came out, oh. um, I know, obviously, now you you then got uh, spoke, you got signed to an old hotel record label, didn't you? Yes. It was started yes. assisting with your CD and audio releases. Tell us yeah. about that story and how that came about. How that came happened. Well, um, a lot of people said we love the sound of your voice. We love the sound of your voice. One lady said you could read a shopping list, and I'd be ah. Oh. <laughs> I like and, it. <laughs> um, yes. And I'd also done a performance um, it, for a blind group. And this lady said, have you got anything, you know, CDs? And I said, no. And it kicked me at the arse a bit, actually. And I thought, people say, we love your voice. People say, have you got that in audio form? So Old Hotel Records, um, I went to them and they loved my stuff so much that they signed me up, really. And so I've that my latest CD, Permission to Speak, is with them as well. Brilliant. And I've also done some voiceover work for um, a storytelling for a book called The Lucker Story, um, children's books. So that, that warmth and that um, uh, storytelling is, is coming out for their book as well. So I've really enjoyed doing it. But not only that, um, I mean, one of the first ladies to buy my latest CD, Permission to Speak, was a lady I met, I was dressed as a mermaid, and I was at, it was Felix Stowe um, Literary Festival. And I was on the beachfront, um, I've been commissioned to work that weekend with a six foot tall um, octopus puppet. <laughs> I wow. know, I know, you couldn't write it. And it, no was way. To, <laughs> it was to inspire young children. So we set up this art, I did some creative writing, but one lady came by, it was a blind lady with her husband. She said, what's going on here? And I was all, I said, oh, feel this. And I had this um, crown on made of shells and she felt it and we talked. And I said, would you like a poem? And she said, I'd love one. So we both faced the sea and I read her the poem, Ocean Feelings. And she loved it. And she said, she said have you got a CD? I said, no, but it's, it is recorded and it's coming out. She said, I want to be the first person to have that. And she was the first person to have permission to speak audio. 
Brilliant. That's a great, fantastic story, that is. Brilliant. Now, obviously, not long after your fourth book came out, I know you've, uh, I presume, if I read this right, you started your Weaving Words workshops in the community, didn't you? What's that round about the time the CDs started coming out? Was it before? It was before, and um, I've been to so many workshops that I really loved, and it had helped me so much that I thought, you know what, I want to pass on all this knowledge. I want to pass it on. So it started around my dining room table with six people, and they all had little, I made them all little pots of tea. They had individual pots of tea, whatever flavour they wanted or whatever, and we had fruit and nuts, and I made some um, flapjack, and we wrote. And we started with a stream of consciousness just to get it out. And then I would set different themes each week. And it was meant to be a six week course. And at the end of the six weeks, no one wanted to leave. <laughs> so I just continued. And so uh, five years later, here we are. But I didn't go freelance until around the time of um, when you say yes. It's when I went wow. completely freelance. So I was very poor for a year. Usually, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Actually, that was the first Christmas I didn't buy Christmas presents. And it was a real eye opener because instead of running around and scurrying around, buying stuff that nobody really wants and can't remember two weeks later what you bought and ends up in landfill. And it was it really made me appreciate what was important and what wasn't. Um, oh, yeah, I think it would do that sort of situation. Yeah. It's similar to what we're going through at the moment in that society yeah. this Christmas coming up. So obviously yeah. this podcast is getting released after that. I've been wondering yeah. <laughs> what like yeah. I said. But yeah, it's been an interesting year, that's for sure. But it's, it's been uh, testing, hasn't it? It's been very yeah. testing. And it, a lot of thoughtfulness. And, and actually, I did a weaving words for minds through the lockdown. And people came online on Zoom. And it helped people get through. It's just like each week that, you know, meeting together. And I still run my weaving words um, online. But in the mental health world, I actually go into the mental health world. But, so yeah, yeah, of course. Jump on board, they can, you know, it's on my yeah, website. Yeah, of course. But, yeah, it's um, similar to me because I've done, I've done a lot of workshops in person on years, and yeah, I ended up yeah. myself. This will make you laugh. I ended up for the partner and about five of our friends to do an informal one-off workshop the week after lockdown started, and mm. it kind of carried on. We all had much quick <laughs> time. Six really? months later, we're having a great time every two weeks and just yeah. doing lots of writing yeah. and taking a piss out of each other. On Zoom completely. <laughs> but have you found then, obviously, I know you're an experienced teacher like I am, really. have you found then doing workshops on Zoom is very different to doing it in person? I thought it would be. Actually, I started on Zoom a couple of weeks before lockdown. Oh, it was, right. yeah, it was all of a sudden I just had this feeling and I woke up the Tuesday morning. I was running Weaving Words one till three and I woke up and I thought, I can't risk this. We didn't have a lot of information, but I thought, I can't risk this. I had a 70-year-old who was coming and another lady who was diabetic. And all of a sudden I thought, no, I can't. And I literally got my credit card out and paid for a Zoom business. And I got in touch with all the word weavers and said, we're doing it via Zoom. And they were, really? I said, I just would never forgive myself, you know, yeah. if I... So that's how it started. And it was two weeks before lockdown. But actually, us looking at each other, those familiar faces, those familiar stories, and that safe space and that love, we got through that together. You do, I, I think it's surprising, yeah. isn't it? You don't face anything with Zoom. Zoom can yeah. do that difference, but it can. I not found that perfect. Myself. It's not perfect. But you know what? I think through lockdown, my Weaving Words workshops, you know, on a Thursday night, 
on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, um, weaving words to Johnny's happy place that I do on a Sunday and all that. Um, was more there was more depth and more genuine writing and almost spiritual feel in that safe space. And I never record any of them because it's a safe space. So people laugh, they cry, we get a little bit naughty sometimes. And um, it was um, it got us through. It yeah. got us through. I'll come believe in that one straight away. I think it has done. And then obviously, like I said, next year, we'll see the way the lay of the land is really, because at, yes. at the moment, I think it's very, very hard to judge what's going to happen next us as creative people next yeah. year. So, but providing yeah. we're there, who knows? So, now. But then I'm saying that my weaving words was around the dining room table in Kettering. And now people are jumping on board from Bristol, from Northern Ireland. There was even a lady Kate, was with us in, from Mauritius. Fantastic. And, um, Fantastic. So then the lady in Northern Ireland, Kathy Carson, she's an amazing poet. Check her you're out. The she's incredible. Fifth person has mentioned her name to me. Oh, I've got, I've got to speak. Kathy, if you listen to this, I'm going to be speaking to you. <laughs> she is awesome. But she said to me, Oh, so if you start meeting again around the, you know, in your studio around that table, I won't be able to come. I said, Don't worry. We'll have the laptop at the head of the table and you will be there. So I think it will be a combination. Yeah, I do as well. I do as well because like it's before lockdown, I was running a very successful, co-running very successful multi-bike ditch tonight. That's been going on Zoom for six months now. It's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And it's you found like you said before when the internet the way it is, it yeah. just let you connect with people. You've got to mm. know more people in a lot of ways. Oh. I found that myself. Absolutely, yeah. Now, on a um, different note, I want to ask you a couple of quick questions to wrap up today anyway. So okay. I know obviously your fifth book, we better have, we need to mention this, of course, came out <laughs> in October 2018, didn't it? Permission it to did. Speak. Now, that's a great yeah. title. Tell us about that book. Then. So that book, um, I was doing, it was, um, um, we did a, a talk. Um, it was at the 100 years anniversary of the women's vote. And the actual poster was called Permission to Speak. And I was doing workshops with them. And it was an art exhibition, some beautiful art, uh, P-E-A-C. And um, so there was art, there was writing. And I thought, that's a powerful title. And I asked the organiser if I could use the title for my book because I'd found my voice. You know, that shy little girl um, and the, the, the woman that didn't stick up for herself or speak for herself. I'd found my voice through my writing and my passion is in my workshops to help other people find their voice and tell their story, but also I tell mine. So in that book is depth, is comedy, is the little naughty, you know, it's a real mix, which is me. And I've, I've found my voice, so permission to speak. Brilliant. Now, obviously, I wanted to talk about your one woman spoken word show. I want to ask you, Last thing to us before we conclude today is I know you did a, you did a small part in the film, didn't you, in November yeah. 2019? Well, it's show. coming out next year. Oh, it's coming out next year. Yeah. Oh, so although I yes, and so the um, premiere was in Barcelona in October. It was meant to be in Texas, uh, Austin, Texas, in it was lockdown in March, so that was cancelled. Um, so yes, yeah, so. You'll, if you look on the trailer of the show, it's by Alan Moore. Amazing film. Well, I haven't seen it all the way through. I just know what I've seen on set. And if you see, um, there's a moon scene at the end with Alan Moore singing. And I've got this bionic, bright pink wig 
and a green sparkly corset. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. That, that comes out next year. And the other thing that's been filmed this year, um, I've got an online course coming out called A Weaving Words Experience. And we did three days filming and that's been edited and that comes out um, in spring, the Easter time, I think it's still being, um, so that people can buy the, like, it's like 20 weeks of workshops, 20 workshops. Oh, brilliant. In a lump sum. Brilliant. So, so that we're in nature, we're in the woods, we're by a fire, with, there's all different inspirations and backdrops and it's quite arty actually because if you're going to do something do it well You've got, but we you have do fun. it do it in style don't you so yeah it? absolutely so. absolutely so there's lots of projects coming out and so this so my latest book permission to speak you can um, buy in audio or kindle or you know and next year it's all together now we're just sorting out the final bits it was um my book uh, permission to love yourself Brilliant. It's a great title, actually. I think you've got he's carrying on well from the previous book, isn't it? Permission yeah, speaker. Then like yeah. he's looking at inward in both cases. Oh, excellent. Absolutely. Title. And through lockdown, there's been a lot of reflection and a lot of looking inwards and learning. And there's a short poem called Clarity, and there's been a lot of clarity. I think a lot of us have as writers over that for this past six months or nine months now, actually. And yeah. it gave me a chance to go back and sort out a load of old archive and complete manuscripts and I think yeah. I got rid of about four projects a day that I've been down for years. But and yeah, and it also gave me time to attend other workshops and learn other things from other people. Um, so that was really good for me as well. I ended up writing a really short story, um, and where you had to, it, Alison Smith ran this amazing workshop, and you had to write about your life in seven year columns. And then you had to do it in the third person. So she did this and she did that. And you had to change all the names and make it legendary and, and mythical. Oh, wow. So wow. then I was a, a mermaid dragon. And then, you know, so, so you're telling your story. And when I was shy as a little girl, I had the cloak of invisibility and my wings wouldn't grow. And, and so you tell your tale, wow. but do it in a different way that makes you able to tell it um, without any sadness without any it's it's a really great way of reflecting that's gonna going to be on the um the the a weaving words experience brilliant um, i've it just reminded me i found him well over lockdown i'm gonna have to go and look at this next year i found an exercise that i wrote up from one of the first workshops i went to about 15 years ago where we had to write a haiku for every one of our years we've been born something similar like that. wow and I've, I've got a well, it's 20 years old I'm 48. In fact, I was in my late 20s. I'm going to have to go back and have another look at that and try and make it 48 yeah. years like I am now. Yeah. That could be a really good book. So you give me the maybe think of that then. So now, a couple of quick things, obviously, before we conclude. I want to ask you, first of all, a bit of gossip then. Because obviously, about this, the film of Alan Moore's you told about before. I know Alan Moore for his comics. And I'm a big fan of some yes, of his comics. Yes, 2000 AD. Yeah. Incredible guy. Yeah. Incredible oh, you, did guy. you meet him? Did you see him meet him during the film? Yes, and, and I performed with him in Northampton actually a couple of times. And so when he said, Oh, Kesabel, how are you doing? I think, Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, brilliant. Interesting, funny, and a uh, wonderful character. Wonderful yeah, he character. said, the interviews I've seen of him, I've, not, I've never met him, but he's definitely is a strict one off. You can see by the way he thinks. Yes. Very, very individualistic yeah. writers. And that dry sense of humour and, yeah, great guy. 
Now, obviously, is there anything else you've got planned for next year then? Yeah, I haven't told you, I haven't told people about them yet. Um, we covered well, everything. The one woman show that you spoke about is yes. my hour is my hour show. And that is one of my favourite ways of connecting with an audience because you can literally take them on a roller coaster of emotions. So uh, usually I start my, my shows with the poem Prejudge because that's what we all do, you know. And, and actually I performed for Poets for Peace in a mosque in Leamington Spa. Wow. And I stood up there and I thought, what are you thinking? Oh, what do you know, white middle class woman, boobie, whatever. And, and I thought, and I started with that poem and it, it's a level plane and then they're listening. So I start with that, but we go on such a journey. So I, this year I haven't been able to do that one woman show and I would like to do that next year. Brilliant, uh, well, fingers crossed. Fingers in amongst crossed. everything else. <laughs> oh God, yeah, join the club. <laughs> join the club. I've got so many so plans next year. It's crazy. Yeah. And I'll good luck to you definitely for 2021 at Kesbell. Now, <laughs> if people want to find, find out more about you, where are the best yeah. going? Uh, I'm on all the social medias. You can tap in Kesabel Poet or Kesabel Ambler. Um, but the easiest way is my website, which is kesabel.co.uk. Easy, easy. Perfect. That's a great way to finish off this first half, definitely. So, right, I know you're <laughs> going to do four pieces for a second half. So, have to hang around. <laughs> this is going to be, I don't even need to say this. This is fantastic. So. <laughs> Thank you for going to Kesabel. It's been a pleasure Thank this you. first half. Thanks for having me. Right. We'll see you in a minute, guys. Spoke Hi guys, I've got the easy bit now. Straight over to Gazbell and what was going to be four poems is now five. So hey ho, <laughs> over to over to Gazbell. <laughs> Obviously, because I speak too much. <laughs> nah. So <laughs> I mentioned um, <clears throat> that the poem Prejudge that I performed in Emden Spa in the mosque, and it's the first poem in my new book, on my latest book, Permission to Speak, and it's what I usually start my set with. So here it is. This was commissioned for National Hate Crime Week by Northamptonshire. Um, I forgot what they're called now. <laughs> That's not good, is it? <laughs> Rights and Equality Council. There you go. <laughs> sorry, sorry for that, that council question. <laughs> I'm putting it off today. Sorry. Okay, so this is prejudge. Summarize the projected image. First impressions. Public outer disguise. Judging not exploring the inner story behind the stranger's eyes. Naturally, we're drawn to certain people that we feel most comfortable around, want to belong, to connect, to fit, social community, common ground. Preconceptions, distorted perceptions, prejudging of that, we're all guilty. Typecasts and titles given, goth, chav, dumb blonde, LGBT. Eligibility and participation of pecking orders, clans, class. Reject being defined. Unlock that box and disassociate from this farce. Open eyes, hearts and minds. Embrace, encourage inclusivity. Rally our rich mix of differences and incite a harmonious society. Brilliant start that. Uh, so uh, it's the best way of doing that. I mean, you, you've led yourself into your work really well there, I think, straight away with that. Because there is a lot of prejudging, and it's like, well, what does she know? 
white middle class, this, that, and the other. And, and people make that judgment. And actually, what I normally say before I perform that is, <clears throat> I don't know your story, you don't know mine. You don't, you may not know I was born in Tripoli in Libya. You may not know that my mum used to tiptoe out at night and to steal coal from the local train station to keep us warm. Oh, and wow. you may not know that she used to go to the dogs, uh, to the butchers, to get bones for the dog, and we didn't even have a dog. It was to add to vegetables to sustain us. Oh, wow. And then I performed prejudge. Because if you speak quite nicely and you look a certain way, people assume, make a lot of assumptions. Yeah, no, great. Stereotypes is a word for it straight away. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we've shown them. Yeah, my next poem is called Clarity. And I wrote this on National Poetry Day um, this year. And it was really that interesting place where we were in lockdown and, you know, who's getting in touch to see if you're okay? You know, where, a lot of thinking time, very short time. And this also uh, was released on Word, um, in uh, the Leicester Word. They had a 30 second, 20 second poem that they would release and it was filmed and it's on, on my YouTube as well. Anyway, clarity. Learning. Mindfully moving on. Step forward on my path of clarity. Firmly pull the door behind me. Clear out to enable love and life in. Make room for affirming people to climb into my heart, mind and time. That was it. Fantastic. I see. I mean, that, that really was a short one before that. Wow. Very short. And wow. it, but it was just that realizing that there's some doors to close. Um, I, I think there always is in life, isn't there? So, like, it's yeah. in every, every stage of your life, moving one bit to another, there's always something yeah. that has to shut doors, whether you want to or not, behind you, that you can move on. Circles and cycles, isn't yeah. it? Completely brilliant yeah. stuff. Okay. Okay. So now I'm going to grant you three wishes. <laughs> oh dear. So, you've got to imagine me in my tutu and wings. <laughs> this, I've seen um, there's pictures online of this. And I'm yeah. <laughs> uh, so I would like all your listeners and yourself right now to think of three wishes that you would like. Okay. Because I'm the fairy of life, come to grant me three wishes. Think hard, think deep. Life's wonderfully delicious. Something pops in your head. Oh, to be a stone lighter. But if I click my fingers now, would your life actually be brighter? Holidays, cocktails, lying by the pool, buy the latest gadget telly, eat out more. Damn, I've lost my last wish as I look down at my belly. Oh, to have her right now, that girl with a great bust. But what happens then after that moment of love? A big house, a fast car, roof down, shades, cool guy. But to get where faster and exactly why? I'm the fairy of life come to sprinkle some magic. Be careful what you wish for. Lives may become tragic. Health, wealth and happiness. You throw me that easy cliche, but look inside you. What fills you? What's important to you each day? Do you wish for more money? Sometimes brings strife. How many possessions do we need? Is they stress-free or life? 
what we want, what we need, and are they the same? We can't take it with us, so what's better game? Busy, buzzing about, chasing that money, whilst missing our blessings and life's God-given honey. With the fairy of life, I see your talents. Start giving. Steer to that high on life feeling and really start living. I'm the fairy of life. Come to grant you three wishes. Make a difference in a good way. Start with love, hugs, and kisses. Fantastic. Brilliant. That's a, well, well, I love what your three pieces you've done so far, Jezebel. And I know obviously the other two could be different again. That's a completely <laughs> different change in gear to the others. So yeah. great storytelling there indeed. Really engaging. <laughs> and everyone's wondering there, uh, you can certainly tell my opinion. Also, you can see your reading voice there. It's really quite soft as well. And I loved it. I loved the way you read that. It's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's nice to grant wishes. And sometimes um, I have little children say, are you really a fairy? And, and I go into schools and um, um, I had to do some workshops. It was career day and they wanted a, a real live poet. Oh, <laughs> and these five, these five-year-olds, I thought, how am I going to get five-year-olds to keep them engaged? So I went full bling fairy, like sparkling and everything. <laughs> like really, and I, they were oh, like this. And I sprinkled them with glitter and I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Fantastic. And they, they did lots of writing. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So we're going to change the gear again. Um, now, this is one of my favourite poems. And um, it, this is on YouTube, performing this one, uh, the steampunk event. So I was a walking entertainer and I was dressed up in steampunk mode. And we were on the steam trains and, all, you know, and this poem is called, and actually it's very, um, very apt because at winter time things change and then uh when the summer comes and we start getting a bit more of our bodies out this poem is quite applicable and i read this poem and this lady came up to me in stamford and she said um you know how all this started don't you i said what she said all oh, this starting to be smoothing she said it started in the 1920s when gillette invented the first razor blade and they made a lot of money and they thought, hang on a minute, we're missing half of the um, audience here. And they did a big advertising campaign saying that in Europe, it was all the fashion to be smooth. And so all the women started buying their razors, their disposable and they made a lot of money. And it continued, 20s, 30s, 40s, fashions and trade. So this is where this poem originated. And it's called Retro Afro Muff. To depilate or not to depilate, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the stings and narrows of outrageous pubic misfortune, or take underarms, legs and mound against a sea of troubled peer pressure. Millions of pounds spent in chemist aisles to make a suitable impression. Cultural traditions, fashions, adverts from the media obsession to follow the trends of shaven and shorn, to wax a thatch and match the look led by corn. Tweezers pluck, contraptions remove, lady razors, creams and waxy strips. How strange this prepubescent look is required for her feminine genital lips. Slippy, slidey, pink tentress, smooth runway strip. The next day, itchy, scratchy, stubbly Velcro grip. Or 
neatly trimmed and quaffered natural woman in the buff. Topiary garden, healthy protection, embracing a retro afro. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Now, anyone's wondering if you can see with Spoken Label today, Casabel is a poet that goes from children's poems into. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even say it, so <laughs> fantastic. No, I'm a... I know you were threatening it's true, it. Though, isn't it? It's all true, it's all true. You're threatening that reporter in the, the chat that's one of the other, isn't it? Well, you know, why are, why are we expected to look like a 12 year old or a porn star? What's that about? You know? It's it's called male ego, I think, most of the time. That's why, so down with it. Oh, that's true, yeah. All that, so. Well, anyway, anyway on a different note, I know you're doing something. Almost completely brand new to conclude them now, aren't you? Yes, I literally wrote this uh, a few weeks ago, and it was the frustration of not being able to hug people. And I'm very tactile. Even my latest book, I asked them to put a soft cover on them, so so the book is even tactile to feel. And um, and I just wanted to be able to look after people and wrap my arms around them and hug them. So I thought, do you know what? I'll do this in the form of words. So here we go. So it's called Emergency Muse. Let me wrap my words around you, soothe with syllables and TLC, hold you safely in my prose to heal today's life malady. Where blunt, harsh, internal knocks leave an eternal bruise, let me ease the bully's disease. Let me be your rescue muse. Let's soak hurting tears and fears in calming psalms. A devotional potion bathed daily, a cleansing stanza balm. Restful rhymes are immunity remedies that help alleviate persistent anxiety. Lullaby stitches applied carefully to love lines torn apart. Turn times pages with soft phrases to mend a broken heart. Sleepless nights and bad dreams need a boost-filled prescription. Playfully put right with a comedic injection. Calamities need anti-inflammatories to help all ills from getting worse. Ingested on a regular basis, take a tonic via verse. Sonnet-powered plasters applied, poised hands at the ready, dulcet tones deliver poetic tones keep life's balance steady. Prayerful pen in hand, no promise of heroics. Clauses formulated to serve. I'm your emergency poet. Brilliant. Great way to finish off that set there today. <laughs> I've got to say, it's been the most varied set I've had a poet's poem. Poet. <laughs> but that's going to be. Best variety is yes. the spice of life, as I would say. So, absolutely, it's absolutely. been a pleasure today, Caswell. Thank you today so oh, so much thank for this. Thanks for having me. I really now, enjoyed it. Thank hang you. around. I need to quit a job, Mike. But this is Andy and thanking Caswell again. And stay thank safe, you. guys and girls. We'll see you all soon. Spoken. <laughs>